Welcome to LinkedIn Smart, a podcast revealing secrets to success on LinkedIn. Each week, we interview one remarkable person willing to share their best strategies. So sit down, relax, and enjoy the interview. Here is our host, Vitek Ladislav. In today's episode, I'm going to introduce you to Colin Mitchell, who started his company out of one-bedroom apartment, but now he is serial entrepreneur, revenue coach, father of three, runner, swimmer, and so much more. We're going to talk about his successful growth strategies on LinkedIn using automation, videos, and other cool hacks. Here is Colin Mitchell. Welcome, Colin. Thank you very much for coming to the show. It's great to have you here. Vitek, thanks so much for having me. Colin, my first question is always the same. How have you started with LinkedIn? You know, where your journey began. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah. So, you know, I think I've always had a LinkedIn profile ever since I started my first business eight years ago, uh, maybe even before then, but I never used it as many people, you know, it was kind of just, uh, you know, you had a profile, you created it. LinkedIn hadn't become what it is today yet, but uh, it was something you should have if you're, you know, in any sort of business. People were still using LinkedIn more as a resume to get their next job and show their experience and not really using it as a method of generating revenue and building relationships to do business. And, you know, then I kind of from there, maybe, you know, made my profile look a little bit nicer, maybe got a good headshot on there. Um, and then I was a bit of a lurker, you know, kind of scroll the feeds, you know, maybe like stuff, occasionally comment. And, and then, you know, it kind of transitions from, from there to being more of a content creator, right? So I'm very, you know, different types of posts, short text posts, long text posts, polls, videos, um, all kinds of things. And, what really changed for me on the LinkedIn platform is when I really started to try to contribute more rather than take, you know, not just take as many relationships or prospects that I can get from the platform to reach out and try to sell them something, um, but more just like, hey, what do I, what sort of experience, what sort of knowledge, what sort of tips, what sort of, you know, things about me, my brand, all of it, and share it on the platform and just give. Uh, be willing to help people and then also transition a little bit um, into more like actually investing in the relationships. A lot of people connect on LinkedIn and then they do nothing with them, right? So really being open to just hopping on a short call with people, get acquainted and see how we might be able to help each other. Um, and that's when it really changed for me. And, and, and there's all kinds of cool things that we do now on LinkedIn. We, we run LinkedIn events. Uh, we, you know, LinkedIn is probably one of our biggest lead generation sources for two of the businesses that I'm involved with. And we're really big on creating content. Awesome. We're going to definitely talk about that, you know, how you generate the leads and all that uh, through LinkedIn. But before before we dip into that, I would like to come back just a little bit. Were there any yeah. specific moments, you know, back in the years where you realized that, oh, uh, this LinkedIn is actually a really good tool for me, for my company to actually start working on it, or it's not just a, um, a recruiter's platform, you know, were there any specific moment like that? Yeah, I would say probably for me, it was probably three years ago, three plus years ago, where you started hearing a lot of the marketers, a lot of the growth hackers starting to talk about LinkedIn and using different tools on how to set up sequences and, and drip campaigns and stuff like that. And it started to become more of, um, it got easier to connect with people. It got easier with Sales Navigator to find a prospect 
list. There's tools to get, you know, the information that you need to reach out to those people. So when it started, when you started hearing more people talking about it, and then, you know, there was these LinkedIn gurus talking about, Hey, they are the best, uh, you know, they know everything about how to use LinkedIn. You start to see a lot of that people putting out content, and I would say probably about three years ago is when I got more serious about LinkedIn and really building my network, being more involved in polishing my profile, being more comfortable with sharing both personally and professionally, myself, my brand, who I am, what I represent, what I believe in, you know, what I can share knowledge on, on the platform. Um, and then from there, you know, it's, it's really just become a real uh, inbound engine for us. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, that sounds really interesting. So what is your LinkedIn strategy? You know, how do you generate leads from LinkedIn? Yeah, so there's a few things. So number one is part of the LinkedIn algorithm, as most people know, and I'm sure you too, too, your content gets more traction when you engage with others, which is one of the harder things to do right now because it takes time you know, and who has time to just sit there and scroll the feeds and engage and write comments and like. Your content gets more traction when you engage with others, which is brilliant because it's you got to give to get mentality. Um, However, it's not easy to automate that. You can, but what I like to do is that's the one piece that I don't automate. I actually have a Google sheet of the people that I want to stay top of mind with, whether it's a prospect that's in my pipeline that I'm trying to stay top of mind uh, with, whether it's a a new client that just came on board and I want to give them some love and attention on the platform, um, or maybe it's a potential partner or something like that. So, you know, yes, you can create your own pod. That's one option. You can do that. Um, But for that part, I don't like to automate that. I keep a running Google sheet of the people that I need to engage with. I save their activity URL, and then I spend 15 minutes, maybe three times a week of engaging on anything that they put out, whether it's liking, commenting, you know, answering some questions that they post, things like that. Um, And then as far as your own content, I'm really a believer in mixing up the content. Short post, you know, uh, I'm a big fan of, of, of Shield app for really keeping track of your content, which ones do the best, because you can always repurpose a lot of that stuff. So mixing it up between short text posts with emojis, those do really well. LinkedIn is also favoring content when it has the see more. So uh, because they know that people can't trick the system on that. So if you have a post and people click more, it's it's gonna give your, your post more juice. So writing something that's super engaging, breaking the pattern where they wanna see more is really helpful for your content. Um, and then, you know, native video, but I like to mix up between YouTube links and video, but recently there's some changes where YouTube links actually take you off the platform now. So that's kind of frustrating. So posting your videos native. And I'm a fan, you know, people have difference of opinions about pods. I'm not a fan of pods with comments because you're basically then talking to a robot and it's very not authentic. But you know what? A like-only pod, I'm okay with that. I'm totally okay with tricking the algorithm just a little bit to give your post some juice so it can reach, you know, more people. Also, you know, using tools to automate your messaging. A lot of people frown on that, but it can be done right. You know, I'm not saying spam somebody a really big, you know, sales pitch. Don't do that. I'm not for that. But if you're using it for the right reason, you're being really selective in your sales nav search of who you're trying to target and then creating a message that actually resonates and adds some value or strikes up a conversation to take offline 
or otherwise, I'm all about that. Right. Uh, you were talking about many things uh, in this in this very short span of time, and um, I would like to dissect a few, few things. Yeah. I believe that for many of our listeners, perhaps for them, automation and all these things sounds a little bit, you know, uh, a spanglish or, or, or gibberish. As sure. Say, right? So can you take us step by step, you know, what do you, what do you feel like how the automation can be done right? Uh, what's wrong? What kind of tools we can use? And perhaps elaborate a little bit on what the, what the ports are. Maybe there are too many questions, but I will take them, you know, step by step. So, so what, what do you think, you know, in case, in, in terms of automation, you know, how the automation can be done in the right way? Yeah, so the way automation can be done in the right way is you don't want to be spammy or salesy. I mean, the bottom line is you're trying to connect with your ideal customer or maybe fellow entrepreneurs to build a network, to build a relationship. Try to lead with value. Try to be open and honest about your intention. You know, so I run a couple different companies Uh, one is salescast, salescast.co. And what we do is we help people start, manage, and grow podcasts, right? So if we're reaching out to people and we want them to be on our podcast, we're leading with value. We're asking them something um, right away. We're not, you know, going to send them a message that's kind of tricky, like, hey, I'm looking to connect with people in your industry. You look super interesting. You know, then you know, wait 15 minutes. Thanks so much for connecting. And it's like three pages of a sales pitch. It's like, it makes people want to throw up, right? So being really clear on your intention, not wasting their time. People will respect you more. People will appreciate that more. And if it, if you are trying to sell something, which we all are, you know, just lead with it in a, in a professional way. Like, Hey, here's how we can help companies like you. If you're interested, let me know and let them raise their hand. I'm not a fan of sending a calendar link in an automation flow. I'm not even a fan of sending a link to, we, we use automation to get people as guests on our, our podcast. And I'm not even a fan of sending that link to them in any of the messaging. You know, Let them raise their hand and ask for what it is you're offering and then send them that call to action. That's actually awesome what you're talking about, you know, being very straightforward, what your intentions are, right? Like, um, not really, you know, have all the fluff around and trying to, you know, sneak in in some way. Just state the fact, you know, what, what, uh, what your intentions are. And I think people can, uh, people are intelligent enough to, to say yes or no. Um, yes, this is, this is what, you know, I want to communicate with you because, you know, there is some benefit or there might be some benefit in our communication or no, thank you very much. I'm not interested and uh, just move on. That's fine. Uh, I love yes. that. What kind of what kind of tools are you using, and what would you suggest? Um, you know, what are tools out there which uh, yeah. you can use for the automation? So there's a lot of them out there, and from my experience, I would suggest staying away from anything that's browser based and sticking with something that's more server based. A good example of a server based solution is we-connect.io. That's one that has a lot of features. It's server-based. It's one of the safer options because the last thing you want to do is get put into LinkedIn jail or get your account, you know, shut down. Hmm. Okay, you're talking about about um, LinkedIn jail, and again, perhaps uh, a lot of our listeners they are not really very familiar with the term. Can you just elaborate on that a little bit? 
Yeah. So, I mean, there's some things that you kind of need to stick to, right? So technically, yes, you're going against the, the LinkedIn terms of use service, right? Agreement. So you really want to stay, you know, maximum hundred messages per day. If you're just starting out, you don't want to go to hundred right away, maybe 50 and then kind of scale it up. And you also want to do it during business hours and you don't want to be, you know, using automation and then also, you know, having a virtual assistant, also doing things on your LinkedIn account, and then you doing things on your LinkedIn account through your mobile, because then LinkedIn says, you know, how are you possibly logging in from all these different IP addresses that are located in, you know, several different places, and that's going to be a red flag. Um, you know, have your automation run during certain core business hours where your VA or something like that, your virtual assistant or somebody who maybe helps you with your account is not accessing it simultaneously. Also keep the messages at a hundred, you know, hundred per day. If you're just getting started, maybe start at 50 and scale yourself up. Also, you know, if, um, you know, I think those are some of the core things that you want to stick to when, when using automation. Okay. I'll put you on the spot. Have you ever been in a LinkedIn jail? I have not. I have not, but I've gotten my hand slapped a few times. I know some people that have been in LinkedIn jail. LinkedIn will, you know, give you a little bit of a warning. And if you do, I would say, hey, hit the brakes, let it cool off for a little bit, um, maybe scale back or kind of think about what could have triggered that. Um, a lot of times it's maybe you're, you know, logged in at home, you're logged in at your office, you're running automation, you have a virtual assistant, you're also doing things on your mobile app. Usually that's kind of the first sign. If you have automation running, don't also be connecting with people on your mobile app. Like let the automation do its thing. Turn it off if you're going to do any other things. So we've been really experimenting with LinkedIn events. So we live stream to LinkedIn events. So for example, we use a separate tool to mask the invites to the LinkedIn event. So you can invite first degree connections to a LinkedIn event, create a nice search, and mass invite all those people to your event. We use Phantom Buster for that. So if you're going to be running something like that, you need to turn your campaigns off. Maybe give it a little bit of a, a, a cool off period before using it. Um, just be very cautious because the last thing that you want to do is build up your network and then lose it all. Yeah, I've seen I've seen many people actually being put in a in a, in a LinkedIn jail, and usually it's really when they when they're using free accounts. And they really just, just running, running too many, too many things, too many operations at once. As you mentioned, you know, they've been running uh, you know, the automation. On the other hand, they're, they're actually browsing and, and interacting. And then they have a their virtual assistant actually doing some other things. So I think I think one of one of the good things is also you know um, we normally we normally um, I don't know like advice to to our clients is that you know you probably need to pay, uh, and also it makes a lot of sense because if you really serious about about driving some business from LinkedIn. I think um, to have a sales navigator license is really a smart thing to do because that, that will give you a enormous other options actually uh, in, in the search and in the filters and all that all that stuff. So Colin, you know how much time do you actually spend on the LinkedIn uh, on a daily basis? I probably spend I would say probably at least 45 minutes to an hour a day. But I'm very I'm very wise about 
how I spend that time for maximum productivity. So I actually schedule it out in my calendar. So, you know, the first 15, 20 minutes of my day might be replying to messages and things like that. And then I might have some time in the middle of the day where I'm posting content. And then I have time in the evening where I'm replying, you know, on comments, things like that, other messages. There's some things that LinkedIn really needs to work on to make it a, a better platform for, for people to use. I'm, I'm sure you've heard this many times and I'm sure you feel the same way. The LinkedIn messages inbox really stinks. There's a lot of work that needs to be done on that. The only possible hack that there is is archiving messages because a lot of times what happens is people start messaging on LinkedIn. They maybe send messages when they're in the office. They get a reply later. They reply to it on the mobile app later in the evening and then they're supposed to take some sort of action and they don't. Um, and this is very common, especially for people that are active, their inbox gets bogged down, messages get forgotten about, opportunities get lost, money gets left on the table. Um, archiving is really the only thing that you can kind of do to help that. But once they reply to your archived message, then it's back in the inbox and it kind of messes that up for you. So that and uh, LinkedIn Live, I think is still, there's still some people that are not totally pleased with with LinkedIn Live. There's some improvements that that can happen there. Um, we started using LinkedIn groups as well, which needs a lot of work. It's not as robust as Facebook groups, but you know, LinkedIn is 80% of the social media platforms that I use. 80% of my efforts go into that platform. Um, there's some improvements that are supposed to be coming out in LinkedIn groups, um, but it's really hard to manage invites and notifications and to keep those groups really engaged in compared to what you would see in a Facebook group. You mentioned several times uh, during our interview now that um, you're using very successful LinkedIn Live for uh, you know inviting event, uh, events, all that. Tell me a little bit more about about LinkedIn Live and why do you feel that LinkedIn Live is actually a good thing to do? I know that not everybody has the license, not everybody is a broadcaster for the LinkedIn Live. It's still in the beta uh, state, and um, yeah, just I want to know uh, what are your experiences with the LinkedIn Live. Yeah. So I think, you know, there's people who have different opinions about LinkedIn Live. Number one, it's the feature that everybody was wanting for a long time, right? You had to request it. You probably would get denied two or three times before they'd actually give it to you. They want to see that you're posting video daily. They want to see that you probably have, you know, upwards of 10,000 connections or followers before you considered, at least that's what I've seen for the most part. Now, the problem is, you know, it's hard to get a lot of people to show up to your LinkedIn Live. You know, when you see Facebook Live or watch parties, whatever they call it now, you get a lot more engagement. You get a lot more people that show up. And with LinkedIn, you know, people are not just sitting around waiting for people to go live. Um, you can use a LinkedIn event to try to get more people to show up to your live, which does help. Also, something that I think a lot of people that I've heard, they get irritated when they're connected with somebody. And if you go live a lot, because it does send a notification and, you know, they don't want to know every time you go live. And if they haven't turned that, you know, notification off, then every time you go live, they're getting noticed and you lose followers because of that. So using it wisely. So for me, I go live once a week and that's it. Um, it's the same time every week. It's got a specific goal. You know, what I think people don't like is when people are just going live and rambling for 30 minutes or 60 minutes about nothing. Um, I have a LinkedIn live show that we do on Friday with my co-founder, Chris, um, from SalesCast. And we go in there and we talk about our week. We talk about productivity hacks. We talk about things of value. And that's how I see LinkedIn live being used best. 
And then also what we've been doing is we've been live streaming to LinkedIn events. So if we have a special event that we're doing, so my company, Monster VoIP, uh, we sell unified communications to businesses. A lot of our strategy is, is our channel partners. Um, so we do events around recruiting new channel partners and we'll live stream that to a LinkedIn event. Yeah. Um, as a former video video producer and TV producer, I, I, I just I just love to hear about, about you know, all the, all the live stuff. And uh, um, I'm especially happy that when you mentioned that, you know, you should be really very, very intentional about about uh, when you uh, schedule your show and how you actually prepare the show. I think I think it um, it really makes a lot of sense that you you're going out live in a very specific day, very specific hour. It's not anything like just oh, let me just you know start my live now. I think it's it's really good in terms of video in a, in a general terms on a LinkedIn platform. Do you see a good traction? Do you see an organic reach, uh, like a better organic reach with a, with the native videos on LinkedIn? Hundred percent. So, you know, I, I there uh, about um I'd say three or four weeks ago, you could post YouTube links and watch them natively in LinkedIn, and that changed. Now you post a YouTube link, you press play, it kind of buffers, then you got to click it again, and then it takes you off the LinkedIn platform. So. Of course, like any social media platform, LinkedIn doesn't want you to go off of LinkedIn. So they're going to give preference to native video, 100%. Um, and, but, you know, it's really comes down to the, the engagement, the likes and the engagement in the first like five minutes of your video. And that's why I'm a fan. I don't like comment pods. I'm a fan of like only pods because it does give your give your content a little bit of juice, a little bit of a little bit of takeoff to kind of get more people and then get that sort of engagement that you're looking for. You know, with COVID right now, engagement is down because there's more competition. There's more people putting out content, there's more people using the platform, there's more competition than there was previously. So, you know, if you're trying to be famous and get lots of likes and comments, probably not the best platform, but if you're trying to build real relationships with the right people and be very intentional about the type of content and the people you're connecting with, then it's a great platform to generate revenue for your business. If you like to turn your LinkedIn into a lead generating tool, you should consider to enroll in our LinkedIn business audit session. This 45 minute strategic call will give you answers you're looking for. We will show you a step-by-step -step strategy of what you need to do on LinkedIn in order to start generating business and land clients from your LinkedIn activities. Interested? Send your request to marketing at squaremotion.me or click on the link in the show notes of this podcast. Thank you. It's actually interesting that you, you're talking about it and uh, I would like to ask you, why do you actually like LinkedIn? You know, what is, what is in it for you? I mean, it generates generates business for us in multiple ways. And it's the targeting, which makes LinkedIn, I think, so attractive to many business professionals is you can get really specific about the type of people you're looking for. Now, there's a little, there's a, there's a little bit of area for improvement with Sales Navigator. Something that I experience a lot is sometimes if you're targeting a specific industry, even if you might get a list for, you know, you're going to get probably maybe 70, 80% accurate, but there's going to be 20 to 30% that maybe are no longer in that industry, but were in that industry previously, which is something they need to improve on. But you can get very specific geographically. Uh, something that's new that came out recently that I really love is you can even 
put in a zip code now and target people within a 5, 10, 25 mile radius of that zip code. Um, so you can get really targeted about who you reach out to, about who you engage with, about who you send messages to, about who you want to connect with. It's the easiest way. Um, and it's the, and, and, and the, you know, for the most part, the information is, is pretty current and up to date. You know, if you're getting leads from some sort of purchase list or database, that stuff's not going to be as accurate as LinkedIn. So we were talking about what uh, what is uh, in LinkedIn for you, but uh, on the other hand, and I know that you already touched upon that, you know, a few things which you didn't really particularly like on LinkedIn. So can you elaborate? What is really the most painful experience with LinkedIn? What would you really would like to improve? Mm. So the two things that stand out the most, um, I mean, great question, is definitely groups. You know, the biggest pain with LinkedIn groups is it's hard to keep groups engaged, mainly because when you get an invite, say I invite you to a group today, there's a really good chance that that invitation is going to get lost in your notifications and you're never going to actually join the group because it gets buried in all your other notices. You know, you get a notification every time somebody wants to connect, every time somebody comments, every time somebody likes anything that you've engaged with. So there's lots of notifications and the LinkedIn invite to a group can get easily lost in those. I think it would be much better if, hey, if I invited you to a group, it automatically sends you a message with a link to that group or note. I think that that would improve that part. And then it's really hard to keep people engaged in the group because a lot of times in groups, you see people posting links to stuff that they've posted outside of the group, which ultimately takes them right out of the group. So the conver it defeats the purpose. The conversation is not inside the group, it goes right back outside the group. And also as a group admin, you can really only sponsor one piece of content per week. So what that means is if I want everybody in the group to be notified about this important announcement, I can only do that once a week, which is a real problem because then people aren't spending that much time in the group. The, the group becomes not that important to them. So even when they do get the notice, do they actually pay attention to it? Most times not. Uh, so we, we have a group. We try to make it fun. Hey, get in there. Tell us three things about yourself on video so we can get to know you, you know, create challenges where people can nominate each other. We try to do things like that to make it, but we're really we're really banking on that LinkedIn is going to improve groups because I know it's something that they're working on. I actually got a, a message two weeks ago that there's some big improvements in groups coming out soon. So that, that would be one groups. Um, and then the inbox. I mean, there really needs to be a better way to manage the inbox. I mean, I know I've heard so many people complain about this. So many people talking about it. I'm sure that LinkedIn is aware of it. Make the inbox more manageable, please. You know, be able to tag it, be able to save it, be able to create a task or a follow-up, something where it's almost like a, a little mini CRM inside your inbox um, so that we can stay connected better, so that we can remember to do what we said we're going to do, so that we can, you know, pick conversations back up that, you know, we just got too busy or forgot about, which happens to everybody make it more manageable to continue to build those relationships on the platform. I, I hear you, brother. <laughs> it's a it's really big, painful, painful problem. Uh, inbox on the, uh, on the LinkedIn is just a nightmare. And then you have an inbox in your in your LinkedIn, you have an inbox in your sales uh, navigator, and if you have recruit, oh. you have another one. Oh, anyway, and it gets, you know, it gets really crazy. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I totally, totally get what you, what you say. 
let me come back to LinkedIn content. Uh, I know that you create a lot of content and you you spoke about, about this uh, a little bit, but uh, can you tell me a little bit more about what is working for you in terms of content on LinkedIn? Yeah, yeah. So what's working for me right now is giving a variety because, you know, that's really everybody is going to have a preference of different types of content. And so I really stick to three, I really stick to three types and I mix it up on a consistent basis. Short text with emojis, long text, more story format, but easy to read and native video. Mm -hmm. Do you do these one-liners with with their long text? You know, like people Uh, breaking it into into one line? Oh, yeah, it makes it, yeah. You don't want to, if you're going to write more of a story, you know, type of format, you know, doing each sentence with a space and then a sentence. I mean, the main thing is your first sentence to hook them and then create some spaces so that the see more button is there because then it's going to, the algorithm is going to like the fact that people are stopping what they're doing, clicking, see more and actually reading your post. That's going to give your content more engagement, more, more people are going to see that content. So yeah, I mean, it just makes it easier for people to read. If people see a big, long paragraph that's, you know, four or five sentences, they're going to skip past it for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. And in terms of like how often one should post on LinkedIn, what is your opinion? Every day, every day. I I post pretty much every day. Occasionally I take breaks. Occasionally I take breaks, but every single day I try to post one video and one either short or long text post. So I'm typically posting two, two times a day, sometimes three. You also mentioned that you're using the analytics, you, the Shield app. Uh, how important yeah. is that for you? Yeah, it's really important because you can start to see what type of content performs better, which will give you a better sense of what kind of t- content you should be putting out there because a lot of it is testing. You don't know what who's going to engage with what or who's going to like what type of content. I found that people like the real authentic don't talk about how it's rainbows and pots of golds all the time. Tell people about the hard stuff. Tell people the stuff that people usually aren't willing to talk about. Tell people who you really are, what you really believe in. You know, a lot of LinkedIn is people are trying to, they're trying to create their personal brand, but that's the problem. You don't need to create your personal brand. Just share your brand. Show who you are, what you are, what you believe in, what you can share, what you are passionate about. That is your brand. It's not something that you need to create. It's just something that you need to share. So you don't know what your audience is going to like or engage with. So Shield app is fantastic. It will tell you. It will tell you what type of content did best, how many likes, how many comments, all of that good stuff, you know, how many views. And then that can help you with your long-term content strategy. That can also, you know, the, the thing is most people have thousands of connections and, uh, only single digit percentage of your connections are actually going to see any content you put out. Um, And so what that means is you can repurpose stuff. If a video did well, let it cool off for 30 days and put it back out there again. Good chance that there's another group of small percentage of people that are going to see it that didn't see it the first time. Yeah, I think this is very, very smart strategy. And before we start uh, recording this podcast, we were actually chatting about this, that basically, you know, this podcast started out of necessity to create a content rather than, you know, being a podcast. The podcast was kind of like a, a secondary thing out of, out of this because, uh, you know, we were more interested in doing, doing the video and video content on, uh, on our social media, specifically um, LinkedIn, LinkedIn videos. So 
So I think I think this is a very smart way how you can create a lot of content, you know, chop it down to the small pieces, and then as you mentioned, you repurpose it. I normally say that maybe you can repurpose it even even three or four times. And so like every quarter of the year, maybe you could you could you know just and create your Google Sheet. Um, you put your post there, and if they are timeless, well, you can you can use them again, right? Like these uh, these things. Uh, is there anything anything specific which you really 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 like? Uh, and what's your favorite feature on the LinkedIn? Hmm. I mean, Sales Navigator. I mean, without Sales Navigator, without Sales Navigator, LinkedIn is is not as important as it is in the business community. Okay. So now, not now. Let's not get around. Not Sales Navigator inbox. <laughs> sales Navigator search to be more specific. Okay. Out of all your experiences which you have on uh, on LinkedIn, is there anything which stands out? Something which uh, you're really proud of? Uh, some kind of accomplishment which uh, you felt like, you know, oh, we did really well? There's so many things. We've done so many campaigns that have generated dollars, generated leads, generated relationships, generated attendees for events. I mean, any marketing initiative that we have LinkedIn is is somewhere in that strategy, I would say probably almost all the time. Hmm. Okay. So um, is there anybody anybody on the LinkedIn who you like to give shout out to? Is there anybody who you kind of like a look up to? I don't want to say is there a LinkedIn guru or somebody, but but you know, some people who you kind of like admire and follow and, and, and you like to um, be inspired by? There's a lot of them. There's a lot of people that are putting out great content. I would have to say my uh, my business partner of Salescast, Christopher Decker, puts out some really good content from the podcast, just good videos on him sharing real authentic stuff. He's somebody that I have a lot of respect for because he really shares all of him, the real authentic parts of him that most people aren't comfortable sharing about on the LinkedIn platform. And I have a lot of respect. I actually like when you mentioned something, you know, um, in terms of your personal branding, you know, it's not just about talking about your, your business and your victories. It's also about, you know, sharing that, that hard stuff, you know, the hardships or, or the things which you're going through, which perhaps not, um, not necessarily to be, uh, you know, the brightest moments of your life. Uh, how would you how would you balance it out? You know, putting out your personal content or the the more private things with with the business. Uh, is there any like is there any sweet spot? You know, or, you know, eighty forty. Uh, sorry, eighty twenty or sixty forty, yeah. something like that. You know, it's it's a personal preference. It really is. Whatever you're comfortable sharing with people, right? And the more personal that you and don't get discouraged by the people that sit there and say, LinkedIn is not Facebook. Why are you sharing your kids? Why are you sharing this? This is not business related. Screw those people. Business is personal. You're going to do business with somebody because you like them. You trust them. You've, you know, resonate with who they are as a person and what they believe in. Business is about relationships. You, you know, people trust people, not brands. So, and people have a bigger reach than brands on social media, especially on LinkedIn. If you go to any sales professional, VP of sales, AE, SDR, doesn't matter. They have thousands of connections and the company page might have hundreds. So share who you are. If you like music, 
talk about music. If you're a father, talk about being a father. Now, I don't only talk about that, you know, but let people get a general sense of who you are. And maybe there's parts of you that you're not quite ready to share, but maybe you just chip away at that, you know, share a little bit more. And then you'll see, hey, everybody's not going to stop doing business with me or not connect with me because I shared that. And then, you know, maybe over time you get comfortable sharing a little bit more about your personal journey, your personal story. People resonate with that. You know, we're all humans and people are going to do business with people they identify with, they relate with, or they say something that resonates for them. Uh, that's very true, very true. And uh, I do believe that as well. I can see it all the time on LinkedIn that, um, you know, I see LinkedIn as a big networking event. And when you enter that networking event, you're not just spreading your card, your business cards and talking about your business, right? Like you can talk about your, your favorite, uh, favorite sport, or, uh, about your hobbies. Um, and you, you're, you're naturally interested in the other, uh, other people, uh, the personal traits as well. So I think, I think that's, that's really, really very, very true what you said. You know, it's a human-to-human -human relationships. It's not just, you know, we, we're, not, we're not interacting with the business logos. Um, we're interacting with people there. So I think uh, it's, it's great. Oh, yeah, 100%. It helps build rapport. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to ask you, uh, again, just, uh, you know, with, with all your experience which you have on, on the platform, uh, are there any common mistakes which people are making on, on LinkedIn? Oh, there's so many. <laughs> Number one, okay, if you're going to do outreach, whether it's manually, whether it's automated, don't care. Don't send a big salesy spam message. People are going to ignore that. You diminish your reputation immediately, you know. Uh, and what I mean by is don't talk about features and this and that and case studies. And we work for these brands and we solve X, Y, Z problem that's like so confusing. When people get an, a message in their inbox and it's this long, you know, a very long message, like maxed out characters, they just ignore those. Keep it short and sweet and personal, almost like you're sending a text message to a friend. You know, short, catchy messages are what works. That's number one. Number two, if you send a message and somebody replies to you, uh, don't not reply. That's a common mistake that I see. And, you know, do what you say you're going to do, right? So if you want to book a call, you want to, you know, send them an email or you're supposed to follow up, whatever. I think that's a common mistake too. People, you know, get somebody who's maybe interested and they say, oh, great, send me an email. And then it it's an action that requires them to go off the platform and they don't do it. Hmm. Um, so do what you say you're going to do. Stay organized. Stay on top of your inbox the best you can. Be super intentional about who you're reaching out to. Don't reach out to somebody who's in tech and say, I see that you're in the real estate industry because people are just going to laugh at you and not respond. <laughs> yeah. One of, the, one of the things which I wanted to ask you also is, um, is about your specific strategy. How do you uh, work with, um, you know, with your clients or how you reach out to your clients? Can you, can you kind of like walk us through the process you're following on LinkedIn? Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it all starts with the sales nav search, right? So if you're trying to do any sort of outreach at scale, and let's say it's, you know, it's cold outreach, right? Um, then you got to get really good at your search and really specific, right? So it's like maybe using the zip code feature for, you know, for their location. 
you know, people that are five miles within where your office is, something like that, because then you can create your copy or your content, your message outreach around that being very specific about a, you know, not a, don't put 20 job titles, put one job title and have different campaigns for different job titles and be specific about any data point on LinkedIn can be used to your benefit to be more specific about your messaging. Um, and so the wider the net you cast, then the more generic your messaging has to become, which means you're going to get, you know, lower response rate. Um, so being very specific about your search, crafting your message around who they are based on that search and just, you know, don't be annoying, you know, three to four messages over a short period of time, get them to take action. If they don't raise their hand, then leave them alone. They're not interested clearly, um, or they're too busy, right? So I'm a fan of getting straight to the point with what your goal and intention is and keeping it short and sweet keeping it personable, like you're sending a text message to a friend. Um, and we try to implement that into all campaigns or strategy around using LinkedIn. Just recently heard um, somebody was saying, if you wouldn't say it in a real life, don't put it in a message. And I think it's very, very true, right? Like for these uh, very, very personal uh, personal interactions. Before we go, before we wrap up uh, today, today's podcast, I would like to ask you about uh, a little bit more about yourself and what you do and uh, where can we find you? I know that you, you're a podcaster as well. So if you yeah. can just talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So uh, lots of, obviously you can find me on LinkedIn, Colin Mitchell, you'll find me there. Um, and I have, I host a podcast called Monster Chats, which is on all the audio platforms um, and actually we're starting a new podcast called story hackers, um, which will be probably starting next week. So you can go to story hackers. And if you want to find out more about the podcast business, you can go to salescast.co. Okay. I thought the new name for the new podcast will be get shit done. Um, oh, what the get, says behind <laughs> it, fantastic, you know? <laughs> yeah. Get, get shit done is the Friday 7.30 a.m. Pacific LinkedIn live show. Uh, it's 15 minutes uh, conversational with me and my buddy, Chris. That's on Fridays. So yeah, you can find me there. And in my free time, I have three little ones at home, enjoy outdoors, swimming, running, you know. Uh, so yeah, feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn with a short and sweet personal DM. <laughs> Fantastic. Colin, it was absolutely awesome to have you on the show. I hope it was a pleasurable experience for you as well. Uh, thank you very much for uh, giving us the time. And uh, before we before we go, is there anything, any uh, like a last message you want to give to our listeners? No, nothing really. If anybody out there is thinking about starting or wanting to grow a podcast, I'm happy to give some tips, tricks, best practices, or talk to you about what we're doing here at salescast.co. Awesome. Thank you very much, Colin. Thank you. Thank you very much for listening. Please make sure that you subscribe to our LinkedIn Smart Podcast and leave a review on Apple Podcast. We would really appreciate it. Thank you and see you next time. Be LinkedIn Smart. LinkedIn Smart Podcast was brought to you by Square Motion, a video marketing agency in Dubai. Need an engaging LinkedIn video? Go to squaremotion.me. Thank you.